Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're kindly joined by Dr. Aldo Boitano, who is the CEO of Clean Tech Lithium. And we're going to be discussing the company, their recent IPO in London, their resource over in Chile, and what investors can expect from Clean Tech Lithium going forward. So, Aldo, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John, for the invitation. Very happy to, to be invited to your podcast. So we're going to be having quite a broad conversation today, Aldo. We're going to be looking you know, specifically at Cleantech Lithium. We're going to move on to the lithium markets and how Cleantech are fitting in to the dynamics of the growing lithium market. But before we, we, we do that, would you please be able to give listeners a background to Cleantech Lithium, please? You know, where, where you're operating, your, your assets, and a little bit about the IPO, which I, I must note, so IPO back in March at at 30p now trading at 37p in this market is is highly commendable um so strong performance there a lot of investor interest but yeah if you're able to give us a, a background to clean tech please and, and and where you are now yeah the company started back in 2017 uh we have a very experienced board and management with experience that includes developing major new mines in chile that's where we're located uh, Cleantech is a lithium exploration and development company in Chile. We have three prospective lithium projects offering near-term production potential. We are committed to using renewable power for processing and reducing the environmental impact of our lithium production by utilizing direct lithium extraction or commonly known as DLE. And this is a transformative technology which only removes the lithium from the brine. Uh, with higher recoveries and purities, uh, the, meson, the, the method offers short development lead times a low up from capex and there's no extensive site construction and no evaporation pond development so at the end there's no water depletion from the aquifer or harm the local environment our aim is to deliver the greenest supply of lithium to the fast growing ue eb industry with production first target at the end of 2024 beginning of 2025 fantastic thank you a good instruction there aldo so you know, as we move through the podcast, we're going to look at, you know, the top level where you're operating, and then we're going to drill down into into the assets and then look at the lithium market. So you're, you're located in Chile, which, of course, Aldo is part of the lithium triangle of Bolivia, Chile and Argentina, which is thought to have, you know, in the region of 50 million tons of, of lithium um, assets there. So for clean tech operating in that geography, I mean, how significant is that in terms of, you know, the assets that you have access to, the infrastructure there, and how does this support the development of your assets going forward? Okay, we started with two properties in the bottom of the lithium triangle. Uh, there's significant mines to the north of us and in, in Argentina to the east of us. Uh, it's an area uh, in, in the interior part of a, a city called Copiapó, which is a mining district. There's an excellent infrastructure with highways, paved highways, international highways, uh, well-maintained. There's a, a accessible uh, power lines and, uh, and uh, substations to connect. Uh, it's a matter of fact, Francisco Basin, who, who is one, one of our two projects, uh, this, and is uh, 
110 square kilometers. It's a significant size project, and we control that whole basin. Uh, we're only five kilometers away from a substation with ample capacity uh, to to connect. Uh, the, the happiest person in the company is the Fiat CFO, <laughs> as he doesn't have to build into all our all our planning and, and funds requirement to build any infrastructure. Uh, Laguna Verde, who's only uh, 60 kilometers away from Francisco Basin and 67 square kilometers of uh, mining rights, uh, has, like I said, an international highway going by and it's 50 kilometers away, uh, the substation. This allows us uh, to uh, have contracts in place for uh, a, a, it's called power purchase agreements or PPA to produce the with zero emissions or as close as zero emissions uh, lithium. I already talked about the direct lithium extraction processing. Uh, there's even cell phone coverage and, and in, in Francisco Basin. Um, and we sit at 4,300 meters. Uh, as we're south in the southern tip of the lithium triangle, there's no indigenous communities on site because of the elevation. There's no flora or fauna nearby uh, in Francisco Basin. There's there's some closer, but not on the on our we're uh, gonna be producing an, an exploitation of, of the of the lithium that is underground. Uh, Yamara, who's a, a project we only announced in June, is extensive piece of land. It's 344 square kilometers, uh, and it's north of us, uh, and it's closer to the Salar de Atacama. Sits at a lower elevation of 1,000 meters. Again, an excellent infrastructure, the Pan American Highway that goes all the way from, from Alaska into Patagonia. Uh, it's just on the side, there's a rail road uh, uh, infrastructure, uh, uh, water, etc. We controlled the full basins uh, in, 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 the, in, in Laguna Negro Francisco and uh, Laguna Verde. And, uh, and because of that, uh, we can do something that no one can do. It's really control the hydrogeological variables. And the, the great feature of the lithium extraction is that you can re-inject the spent brine without any uh, adding any chemicals, just stripping the, the, the lithium out of it. And I'll explain the process later. And, uh, and, and we can do that because we control the whole basin. So we're very excited uh, and, um, and, and we will support the development of these projects with the help of a very seasoned team that we have in Chile in place to deal with every aspect of this. Uh, the scoping studies are underway, environmental studies are underway, uh, the engineering supporting the direct lithium extraction is underway, a community specialist is on board, etc. Fantastic. So you, you mentioned that DLE, and we're going to get more into um, DLE a little bit later on in the podcast. But now let's look in some detail, please, Aldo, at the at the assets. Now, of course, if we, if we look at the bigger picture of the, the lithium market, um, current demand somewhere in the region of 500,000 tonnes, that's expected by 2030 to rise to around three to four million tonnes per year. So it'd be good to get an idea of you know, the, the sizes of your, your projects, um, you know, the recent studies that you've you've undertaken of course anybody looks at your rns's there's been a a raft of news recently so could you please be able to give us you know a good overview uh, of the resources at the uh, at the assets that you're operating please? yeah 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 uh, we we have and we got listed um mid-march in the middle of the, the startup of the ukrainian and, and russia war and uh and and we listed with a 1.2 million tons of, uh, of an average 246 milligrams per liter, mostly as an inferred resource from Laguna Verde. 
we're going to be updating the market uh, next week. I can't speak the public figures, but I, I do have a smile in my face and I can refer to what the the broker is saying that we're going to have a an upgraded resource. And mostly, most importantly, at this stage of the, the company, we're trying to de-risk the company and, and put forward what, what we have. Uh, we're going to have a, a significant shift of the of the resource being inferred into indicated and, and measured. So I tell listeners to wait for next week uh, announcement, RNS on Laguna Verde, on Francisco Basin, and that created a big uh, shift on the on our stock price, anywhere from 19 to 22, went all the way up to uh, 41.75, and then has stayed in the numbers you mentioned at the initial of your of your podcast. Uh, uh, we had such a good uh, uh, hole that it uh, eight inch cased and slotted case all the way down to 338 meters. When our expectation was that we will, and we have a 204 meter uh, depth of brine. We, expectations were 100 uh, and we had almost I mean more than double than that with a 204 and then a high rate for for a CMA mature salar uh, an average of 305 in a confined aquifer and that uh, like I said the market took that very well I can't speak for my for our studies again have to wait three to four weeks for that RNS on the updated resource York uh, estimate of, of uh, Francisco Basin but our analyst, Daniel Fox Davis, uh, put out uh, an announcement uh, and a study, I'm sorry, of around 600,000 tons, uh, and that kicked uh, the stock market up. So, yeah, we, we, we think there have a, a lots of capacities, technical capacities to do that. Um, by mid-September, we have now a, another broker. We have a co-broker, Canaccord. Uh, who will release also uh, information about that? But from from ourselves, just be expecting next week the RNS on um, on Laguna Verde, and at the end of September, uh, maybe into October, the first week of October, the the results on Francisco Basin. But uh, just to point, how significant is this? Uh, again, our analysts thinks that um, our our uh, Overall, as uh, resources by then will be around uh, two million, and we're going to keep on growing that with work and everything. That's almost the size of all the lithium in, in China, the reserves in China, and uh, and Chile has 9.2 million uh, tons of reserve, not counting us, and so it's a significant portion also of the Chilean market, who's the biggest uh, reserves on the world are, are here. Fantastic. So. Just want to touch on now your your greenfield project, yes. if we may, Aldo. Um, mm-hmm. So as you said, it's to the north of Laguna Bay and Francisco Basin. Now, you know, this is obviously early stage, mm-hmm. uh, we may call it, compared to the other two. But, you know, there's a slightly different setup, isn't there, yes. to, to the other two? I mean, what, what does that look like and, and what sets it apart from the other two projects? Yeah. It sits at a lower elevation. Uh, uh, that allow us to drill at any time of the year. Uh, it's not that we cannot operate at 4,300 meters year-round, but that's a different setup. There's mines in Chile who operate at 5,000 meters year-round. But so it's, it's a lower elevation, and the size of the of the of the tenements, the, the size of the of the mining rights we have is enormous. It's 344 square kilometers. That compares to the 67 or 110 square kilometers of our, our two assets we've been talking. 
it's almost double that. So it, it's a big, big, uh, size, sizable mining rights. We have a uh, very detailed information on geophysics. Uh, the way we've been moving the projects forward is initial surface sample uh, uh, geophysics, uh, where we, we 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 see what's underground uh, with uh, with the transient electromagnetic work, and you uh, you identify subsurface aquifers with uh, with a, a low uh, a resistivity, high conductivity, and then with the lithium evidence on top, you drill and you start making up your resource as we've been doing in the other projects. So in, in Yamarab, we acquired a very detailed information uh, of a, a previous oil and gas exploration that gives us uh, a certainty that underground, there's a brine with low resistivity, high conductivity. And uh, we're gonna be setting next week a, a field trip with, uh, to, to see the, the location of the target drills and everything. And from they would set up a, an initial drilling plan and and then a full-scale drilling drilling plan as we did in the other sites as 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 we find not only the brine but we we test the the grade of lithium at that brine uh, the, the main difference is that it's a, a easier accessible it's a, there's a rail line crossing the property there's a, a paved four-lane highway cell phone coverage <clears throat> a lot of things is not as remote as the other two projects who have also excellent infrastructure. And it's the size, the size is, is big, 344 square kilometers, it's a big sizable mining rights. Indeed, you know, that, that's significantly bigger than the other two projects. So mm -hmm. now let's speak to DLE, direct lithium extraction. So there, there's, there's two points here mm -hmm. that I think we, we, we cover, first of all, you know, we look at the characteristics of, of the projects and, you know, how that allows for, for, for DLE. And then we'll move on to, you know, what this actually means for, mm -hmm. for cleantech lithium in terms of your uh, you know, extraction and the efficient, efficiencies and the costs of, of doing so. So, you know, looking at the two, the two assets uh, initially, uh, Laguna Verde and, and Francisco Basin, you know, what is it in particular about these two assets that allows for, for, for DLE and you know maybe a little bit about how that works. Yeah, well, DLE or direct lithium extraction, uh, it's a it's a revolution in, in in sustainability for the lithium extraction. Uh, the brine is pumped to the processing unit. Uh, uh, there's a, a resin used to to extract only lithium without any chemicals. Then that spread uh, brine uh, is reinjected back in the basin in a in a place farther away from where you're extracting it. So you're not diluting the, the, the lithium where you're extracting it. Uh, there's no evaporation ponds. There's no aquifer depletion. The recovery rate is double of lithium is double the one of evaporation ponds. The footprint is a lot lower. And and we, with the, the use of renewable energies, as I started the podcast, uh, we aim to be uh, as close to zero or zero uh, emissions of, of CO2. Um, the, the grades of Laguna Verde and Francisco Basin, the, 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 on the top range of the, what we found in Laguna Verde is 409 parts per million. The, the average is, is less than that. And Francisco Basin is a 305 average on the one hole we did. And that allow us to, to be very comfortable with the, with the uh, capacity to be suitable for direct lithium extraction. There's a, a ratio of lithium to magnesium and ratio to the other uh, 
components in the brain and they're all good. As a matter of fact, we just released a little while ago an RNS of our uh, production of one kilo of uh, battery grade uh, lithium with our DLE technology with a, with a proprietary resin. And we certify that in a German lab um, that, uh, that it is uh, a battery grade uh, lithium. DLE or direct lithium extraction is a combination of a mechanical and chemical process. You start with nanofiltering, then you have the absorption part with this resin and you go in different uh, steps to, to concentrate up to hopefully 95% of the lithium. And then you, you keep going with a reverse osmosis uh, with forced evaporation. And then you use ionic exchange to, to extract some of the harder uh, pollutants at materials on the on the brine, like boron and others. And then you have come up with a brine anywhere with a range of 180 to 500 parts per million to a concentration of 10,000 parts uh, per million. And from there on, you can go uh, the traditional way of uh, process this into carbonate, lithium, lithium carbonate or hydroxide lithium. Um, again, um, we've done the trials of, of, of the brine. We've, we've analyzed chemical, how, how, they're, how they're composed, and we successfully have proven that we can produce battery grade from them. Thank you, Aro. So now let's speak to the efficiencies of, of DLE and what this means for clean tech lithium in terms of get, getting these assets up and running, getting them into production. So I mean, if, if we look at the initial capex, I mean, how would this compare to hard rock lithium extraction and then the, you know, the ongoing costs of, uh, of this method of extraction? I mean, how, how does that compare and you know, what are these efficiencies for, uh, for clean tech? Well, the, the, the cost of, of, of uh, the OPEX of producing uh, one ton of, uh, of lithium out of uh, DLE compares very favorable to that of rock uh, and, and, and comparing with traditional uh, brine uh, OPEX uh, as that one of uh, Salar de Atacama, where uh, the Marley and SQM operate, uh, it's around a, a 10 to 15% uh, over that OPEX. But uh, outset for, for a lower CAPEX as you don't build evaporation ponds and, and also allows you to be in the market much faster. The traditional evaporation port with a, a batch process of six, seven, eight ponds where you start to concentrate it with the with the solar energy debrine, and, and at the same time you're depleting the subsurface aquifer. It takes some 12 months to build, and then the, the typical operation time is some 320 days. So overall, it's like two years on that, and and uh, we we only not, we save opex, we save capex, sorry, uh, lower capex as we don't need to build these ponds. But then we go on to a nine months construction of the pipe of the of the producing plant, and then just in hours. Will be will be producing uh, lithium. Um, it, the recovery rate of a of a DLE operation is double that of evaporation pond, and with all the uh, plus of, of the environmental and sustainability that I, I mentioned before. Thank you. Just to finish off now on DLE, let's talk about sustainability because you know that's something that you've touched on in the uh, in the podcast so far but you know can we just drill down to the mechanics of actually what makes it more sustainable than hard rock please Aldo. i mean what is it particularly you obviously mentioned there you know the renewable power sources but you know for people that maybe aren't familiar with the process i mean how does it actually make it more sustainable than than hard rock production well, not only hard rock but also again the traditional uh, evaporation pond uh, brine that is the, the the main 
way uh, that the lithium is produced uh, right now out of, out of brine. Uh, we don't have evaporation ponds. We're not depleting the subsurface aquifers. Um, we, we have a very low footprint. We're re-injecting the spent, the spent uh, brine uh, into the into the subsurface aquifer, hundred percent of that, uh, and uh, and then uh, we are also uh, have a, a smaller footprint because the, we don't need this extensive land to the evaporation ponds use, and then we we aim to add the other components of our operations, electric vehicles to operate the the, the facilities. We have a, a very ESG program in place. Uh, and even though it's not sustainability, but we're working with the communities as we've been drilling, they've been part of our staff and, and team uh, members. Uh, so that's that's the mechanics that make DLE more sustainable. It's uh, it's a combination of all these factors. But the most important one is water, uh, and uh, and then uh, the use of renewable energy that we plan to add to the DLE processing. Thank you. So now, now let's move on to you know, the section of this podcast that investors are going to be particularly interesting in. And as you said at the beginning, you're, you're targeting you know, production end of 2024, beginning of 2025. But I mean, what does the roadmap look like for this, Aldo? You know, what, what can investors expect in the coming month? Of course, you, you touched on scoping studies coming up and you were looking at your estimates. But, you know, going out to that point in 2024, possibly when we see first production, you know, what can investors be keeping an eye on? Okay, well, the next 12 months, we call this uh, catalyst events. We'll have an upgraded resource estimated Laguna Verde, as I mentioned, uh, and a mailing resource estimated Francisco Basin. And again, you can read the notes of the analyst of our broker, Fox Davis. This will happen between September and October of this year. We're going to have a revision in, in the resource estimated Laguna Verde based on additional sampling and granting of licenses uh, at the fourth quarter of this year. <clears throat> we are commencement the DLE pilot plan construction as we speak in this the third quarter of the 2022. The Laguna Verde scoping study will be also uh, in the in the, the initiation of the fourth quarter of uh, this year. And Francisco Basin scoping study will be finished before the end of the year. All this will mean a great, great uh, change in the risk of the project. The, the scoping study will give us uh, an economical value, more resources <clears throat> as we as, as, as we move forward with announcements that the market should expect. We're going to do further resource upgrades from the second drilling campaigns, both at Laguna Verde and Francisco Basin, and we're not even counting nothing from Yamara. This will happen in the first quarter of 2023. Also at the beginning of 2023 will be commencement of our DLE plant production uh, to produce uh, more significant uh, quantities of battery-grade lithium per month. And then all of this uh, will put us in a space to talk to potential strategic partners uh, for offtake and, 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 and other ways of, of involving them. Uh, and we expect to have those conversations as the scoping studies are finished in late 2022 and the first quarter of 2023. We're one of the only, the only listed company without an offtake agreement or a significant household name as a minority uh, partner. <clears throat> and we think we'll be in a, in a much better position to to do that um, when we have a, a significant resource update and we have uh, the basic scoping studies finished. We're going to be keep keep going till we can get into production with uh, with uh, a PFS that will be done by Worley Parson, hydrogeological studies, 
keep keep working on the development of the environmental studies that already started, et cetera, et cetera. So we're just uh, putting the, the resources we receive from investors uh, to work toward the project and develop. Indeed, it sounds like you've got a very busy uh, 12 months uh, yes. ahead, Aldo. Um, and you know, this is something that I know you're going to be uh, presenting at the UK Investor Magazine virtual investor conference coming up at the, at the, at the end of this month. So anybody listening, listening to this that has any questions, you know, do sign up for that. There'll be a link in the notes to this podcast and you'll be able to field those questions to to Aldo, but just to finish off now, yes. Aldo, maybe maybe look at the you know the, the bigger picture in, in in lithium, and you know there's obviously a debate going on at the moment between um, carbonates and hydroxide, and you know they you know what what's going to win out in the production of uh, electric vehicles. You know if either one of those does, you know really take take hold, you know that the demand for that you know skyrockets compared to the other. I mean where does that leave clean tech? Uh, lithium and, and you know obviously the, the offtake from your, your assets I mean wh- how do you see that being processed and where do you see it going? Well the, the beauty of our DLE approach uh, and the knowledge we've gained uh, from producing the first kilo and, 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 and the resin and all that is that we know a lot about the process uh, and, and it's not a, a black box technology to us because we develop and, and working with Sunbreeze Resin that who already had three operating lakes in China and they also have a starting uh, and they, they build up a 25,000 ton per year plant next door to us in Argentina, only 240 kilometers away from our properties. And also another project, they signed an MOU not only with us. Uh, last week, they signed also with a, a, a Utah company uh, with a project there. Is, is that we, with all that knowledge and the, and the support of, of Sun Resin, we can go either way. I mean, we can switch. Uh, because of the DLE extraction, we can, okay, the market demands more lithium carbonate. We add, we change the, our our production to that side, or they need more lithium hydroxide. We can switch. We're not constrained by the, the, the technology or the or the path forward of the technology that we only have to produce one or the other. We can go, we'll, we can do them in parallel in different percentages. Of course, there's a commercial part to it and the long-term contracts and other things, but uh, as a technological point of view, we can we can go uh, with both both uh, products. Fantastic! That's been been fascinating. <laughs> Aldo. thank yeah, you. I'm thank just, you. just very happy that uh, to be uh, showing the company to the world. Uh, we we've been very dedicated and serious and professional. We have an excellent team. In, in Jersey, we're incorporated in the UK, where we're listed, and in Chile, where we are working with the projects. And so, thank you for the opportunity for doing this. No, it's been a it's been a pleasure, Aldo. Thank thank you very much. And just uh, just a note before we go, as I did mention in the podcast, um, Aldo will be presenting at the UK Investor Magazine virtual conference on the twenty seventh of September. So do check out the notes to this podcast, and be able to find the link where you'll be able to get yourself signed up for that. So once again, Aldo, thank you very much. Thank you. Pressure. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.